Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. What's up, everybody? My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. This is Dr. Scott Cohen. Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Today, we are going to cover everything from skin issues, sleep problems, and pooping. Can't wait to get into this episode. Let's get to the callers right now. All right, we have uh, Chris Ricci here, who has a. How are you? What's going on? We, we, uh, Not we... much. I'm just. Do you mind for a second? I'm just going to switch into another room. I'm sorry. Is that okay? Do what you got to do, Chris. I'm not gonna... um, that's it. I you caught me. I was waiting for you, and I was. Uh, I had. Uh, I was just eating a nice tomato cucumber. Uh, uh, tomato cucumber, red onion salad from the yard, Sebastian. Oh, great. Um, I'm glad that you're having a wonderful salad during the uh, the Zoom uh, session here with us. But uh, welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. We understand you got a problem with a five-year-old who's uh, wet in the bed. Yes. Uh, no, it's more, Doctor, what it is is I think he gets very nervous. And uh, when he's with me, he doesn't have any accidents. But when he's with his mother, I think he's it's nervousness, and he he's pooped his pants and had some accidents in the bed. So, how how old is he? He's five years old. Five and a half, yes. And he's he been dry the whole for years. Yes. Okay, both in PM. We're not together. Yeah. Give uh-huh. you a background. We were never married, mm-hmm. and he spends the weekends every other weekend with me. And our philosophies are much different. Mm-hmm. How we that's the divorce. Parent. Uh, no, we were common law. We weren't uh, married. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so listen, I got this same problem, not necessarily what, uh, what you're going through with the, the kid being there on the weekends and whatnot, but Serafina is still, uh, going to the bathroom in a diaper at night. Now, is this normal? What he's going through? What, when, when does this stop? Yeah, I mean, I think nighttime wetting is very common, even up to six years old. Uh, a good percentage of kids still nighttime wet, you know, about 10 to 20 percent still at six. So we really make no interventions at night. We put them in whatever makes them comfortable. So they're wearing a diaper, they're wearing a pull up. It's not something you can train nighttime wetting. You can't really train. It's a brain body connection. So until you have many, many dry mornings at night, you know, we've talked about this, then we keep them in the diaper or the pull-up, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're dry for a couple of weeks in the morning, you pull it. During the day, you know, I think potty training, we talk about in like three phases. The first phase is really just having a potty, getting them used to it. You know, kids start showing readiness, two years old, two and a half, boys like two and a half to college. Um, so, you know, have a potty there, get them used to it, offer it, 
up to them where they go. Then kids start showing awareness. They start pulling, saying poop or pee, grabbing at the diaper, usually after they go. And you offer, oh, you want to go sit? You know, they could sit in the diaper. They can sit naked. They probably won't go, but it's making that connection. I went, I sit here, they go together. Then you start offering it a little more. Offer it when they're naked at bath time. Offer it other times. And if they say no, we don't want to make it a thing, right? Because if you make it a thing, they just go hide in a closet and hold and become constipated. It becomes a big issue. You really want it on their terms. So basically offer it. They'll start showing more interest. And then we let them go. So you can do this even in two households. You know, In two different households, parents don't always have to parent the exact same way. And that's okay. But I think you want to give the child some leeway. We don't want to make this a negative experience. We don't want to reprimand. You know, we offer it. If he wants to go, you let him go. Um, and if there are some accidents at times, that's okay. If there's a lot, putting him in the diaper, it's not necessarily a regression. We want to make him feel comfortable. But if they're few and far between, it's more behavioral modification. It's offering it at different times of the day so he tries to go. Chris, though, is having an issue, and I, what, what I sense is um, his wife is doing something at the house where the kid's going, but when he gets the kid, is, is it when you get the kid he, he, he acts up? No. When he's at the mother's, sometimes he, he there's the listening. He doesn't listen. When he's with me, he listens. He's very you know, very aware. But when he's there, she's had, she's has called me four or five times when I've been in meetings. And when I've been with people like, Hey, Quentin hasn't been listening. Like, you know, and then I will have to step in and be the parent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, why are you not listening? And you know, what about listening and, you know, discipline it. Yeah. I I, I think, I think this happens in households where both parents are there as well. Right. Oh yeah. You know, parents definitely can discipline in different ways and there's not always one right way. I think when it comes to two different households, it's important that you guys are a common front. You can parent differently, but being a common front as far as like general rules on the child, because that's what happens. Kids will play one side versus the other. Right. I get to stay up till 11 o'clock and eat candy all night over here but over here I'm not allowed. And then that creates confusion for the child and a lot of arguments and behavioral issues. So trying to be as consistent as possible, even if the parenting is different. I mean, you see that in your own house, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to be the disciplinarian and my wife tends to be like uh, happy go lucky and uh, nothing matters. And um, I, we find that always a point of contention where, you know, I, I tend to be laying down the law and when uh, the kids are with her, it's, you know, a free for all. So, uh, by the way, Chris, unbelievable headset. Are you walking around the house in that thing? I mean, uh, it looked like you're, you're going to land some planes. <laughs> no, I'm actually in my office in Toronto. I'm, I'm in freight forwarding. So, you know, I deal with clients all over, you know, China, Europe. So I have a trucker's issue. So, Sebastian, if you know anyone in Chicago that drives a truck, I need some. So, you, you know. need, oh, you need, uh, yeah, well, that's our next podcast how to find a trucker <laughs> that goes up to Canada. Uh, so, no, but thanks, thanks, Chris, for the call. We really appreciate it. I hope that's helpful. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, very appreciated for your help. I really learned a lot. And thank you again. And Sebastian, me being Italian, I have a father similar to you, old school Italian, you know, with the garden, everything, the tomatoes, the peppers, everything. 
It's great, isn't it, man? I, I hope you enjoy that salad you uh, that you made, and uh, best of luck with you and your family, bro. Nice to see you. Thank hey. you very much. Bye, Chris. Thank you, you got it. Bye-bye. Yeah, Chris seemed like a good guy. I mean, we get calls about that a lot, you know, separated or divorced couples, two different households, and I find, you know, it's not as much about uh, me versus them. You know, it's always sort of one parent versus the other. Am I doing it more right than they are? And I don't really think it should be as much about that. You want to, you both love the child. It's all about the child. Find a common ground, knowing that people can parent differently. We do it in our own households. We parent differently than our wives, right? Is it, isn't parenting differently? Sometimes your wife is parenting better than you. And sometimes you're parenting better yeah. than your wife. Why do we got to always make this like a happy, harmonious no, thing? No, that's true. Like, like, this is my biggest uh, argument with my wife. Sometimes you do it good. Sometimes I do sure. it good. Yeah. You know? But I feel like, you know, sometimes in separate households, we're trying to use it against the other person. When really it's more about let's find the best way. And you're right. Maybe one person is doing a little better and find that common ground. Don't blame the person just because I'm not with you anymore. Okay. Uh, next caller, we got Laura dealing with some earwax issues and some, uh, what, tooth, tooth, tooth problem, tooth, toothbrush. I don't know. Let's see. Laura, fire it up. Let's see what's going on with Laura in her home, wherever she's calling from. There we go. Oh, somebody's nice escaping. bird's eye view of the place. Nobody home. Beautiful. Kid's just raising himself. What? <laughs> Laura, are you here? What do we got in the Laura. room? We got, we got blocks on the right. We got what is that T on the side here? Is what that is like that? a bunch of T? <laughs> a T? No, like the the, the in this. Oh, little I thought coat. those were like boxes. Are they Kleenexes? Uh, oh, might might be Kleenex. No, I don't know. Anybody there at the uh, Farago residence? The boxes look like you know those videos where they add boxes for the cat to jump over. Well, you know, this is a beauty about you know once you hear that you're going to be talking to uh, a pediatrician and a comedian, how excited. That people get, um, you know. This uh, is the, Laura. We see an arm. Hello. She, she may be making breakfast. You would think they would glance no. over at the screen to see if we popped up. You know, <laughs> how long are we gonna give this? This, we is, give this is like. Let's just wait. Somebody's gotta walk by. And, you you think? I don't know. This is like when you're in the office talking to parents and then the phone rang. They're like, oh, let me just take that call. Hey, hey, oh, oh wow. We're on mute. We got to be on mute. There's no way we're. This may actually be no, no, the best. On her side. Yeah. This actually may be the best call of the day. There we go. There we go. We're here. Look, at now she's watching TV. I mean, she forgot that can she we, must have. Uh, can you send, send flares? What's going on? Laura, uh, I can't. Right, uh, I, I, I feel bad because I feel like earwax needs to be taken care well, of. I like, I like earwax. I like I like, I like teeth brushing too. We um, could come. We could come, come back. back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
All right, come back. Come back. Uh, all right. The next caller we got up on the uh, Zoom is Ashley Spikes. She's dealing with uh, some pooping issues at home. Let's fire Love her up here. Love the pooping issues. On Daddy yeah. versus Doctor. Hello, Ashley Spikes. Can you hear us? There she is. <laughs> wow. You, you made this a, uh, a whole thing. You got both of you on. It's nice to see both people on the uh on the show, uh, my name is Sebastian. This is Dr. Scott Cohen. So what's going on at the house? We got uh, pooping problems? <laughs> yes, most definitely. Both of our kids, since they've been really young, are in this phase where they constipated. stay constipated. They're just constipated. <laughs> Constantly. How old are they? We have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. And the eight-year-old, I mean, since she was probably like three, is constantly just can't poop. Like the girl will not poop. <laughs> you know, we feed her the vegetables. We give her the fiber. She won't poop. It's unbelievable. So so um, what, what side of the family is this taking after? I poop just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, probably not me. Probably not you. It's not me either. I have no problems in that area <laughs> either. No. I mean, constipation, you know, constipation kids is actually very, very common. You know, did you did you ever go this through this with your no, kids? No problems with that. No, that. No. So you both guys, everybody, yeah, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's regular in the, the Maniscalco house. house. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're doing the right thing. We usually start with dietary things first, right? I always say pea fruits help you poop. Prunes, pears, plums, peaches apricots, second letter, close enough. Um, a lot of water in the diet, fiber, watching out on the high constipating foods, which kids love, right? They live off dairy, carbs, and fruit. And the dairy and the carbs part are very constipating. So trying that first. But if they're still having really hard stools, straining in a lot of pain, it probably is worthwhile to put them on something to make it better. Because kids are truly anal retentive and they have long-term memory about this. So as a child, if you're having hard poops and it hurts, guess what you think? I'm not going to poop. So Right? I'm not going to poop. So then I hold it and then guess what happens next time? It hurts more. So it runs into this vicious cycle. So talking to your doctor about putting them on a medication to soften the poop does two things. It physiologically helps them go soft softens the poop, but also psychologically tells them that when they poop, even if they hold it for a day or a week, it's not going to hurt. And we got to prove to them that every time they poop, whether it's once a day or once a week, it comes out soft and that really solves the problem. And then we can get them off the medicine. And then the other thing, you know, we don't always try to jump to medicine, but behavioral modification techniques, like picking times of the day where you ask them to go sit and try to poop, but you don't want to make it a thing because if you find you're constantly battling, like every time you ask them, they're screaming and yelling at you, then we're causing more issues. So it's it's finding that balance. So like, have you uh, referenced your parents? A lot of people, uh, when they have issues with their kids, they talk to their parents and say, hey, mom, did I go through this as a kid? Is there any family help you're getting or other people that are going through the same problems? Or do you feel like you're on an island? feel like we're on an island. My mom jokes to this day that when I was little, I would hide behind the curtain because I wanted my privacy. And our youngest does do that. Actually, she will hide behind the dining room table 
until she's finished. Yeah. <laughs> she needs me time. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Our family knows about the constipation issues and have not come forward with any relevant information <laughs> to help us at all. <laughs> like we love them. We love them. Well, it, my son used to do that. He used to go in the corner or behind a drape. And it, it was almost like he was embarrassed that he was doing this. Is this something that the kids? Well, he uh, saw you doing it. I, well, so when I did, he was, it, it, he was yeah. mimicking behaviors <laughs> at your house. Why is Sebastian behind the curtain? That's it. Um, no, but they do. They want their privacy and they want to do it themselves. And then when they're constipated, it becomes a bigger issue where they're really hiding because they don't want to do it. So they're really holding it. And that's the problem. The holding causes more constipation. So it's sort of breaking the cycle with behavior and not putting a lot of stress on them. And sometimes we do need medications as well, unfortunately. Yeah. So we've gone the Miralax route. Like, we, yeah, we've had, to, we've had to cave, you know, and <laughs> yeah, um, almost on a borderline daily basis. And um, but, you know, we've been told it's OK. We back off. We kind of, you know, yeah. anyway. I, I think I really think it is because what happens with a lot of these things is you start the medicine, everything's going well for a week or two, you stop it, it goes right back to the way it was. And then you're in this vicious loop. So sometimes keeping it going, getting everything better, and then slowly coming off of it works in the long run. Yeah, but I think it's safe. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate you talking uh, shit on our show. <laughs> well, we'll talk shit anytime. There you go. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah. So, in, in our house, uh, Caruso, as you well know, was yeah. throwing shit around the room. Right. right. He had the opposite issue. Yeah. He, he was, was like yeah. disimpacting himself. Yeah. He <laughs> it's what, like he wanted to get rid of it. Is that common? Is that something that you know he doesn't do it now yeah. anymore? But is that just something attention? Yeah. Is it, attention exploration. You know, it's there. It's Play-Doh. Yeah. Let's play with it. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not coming to dinner at your house anymore. <laughs> but yeah, and pooping issues are like one of the most common issues in kids. We hear about this all the time. Thankfully, it always gets better. So, Well, it sounded like this kid wasn't going for, for a while, which to me, I, I mean, would be- like, I've had kids hold. I mean, like they can hold for a week really? and wow. really just be in pain. And that's why you got to take all the pressure off of them because the more pressure we put on them, the more they hold, the more it hurts. And it's just- Bad cycle. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like that. We got uh, Justin Mateo coming to our show with some sleep training uh, issues. What's up, Justin? My name is Sebastian. This is Dr. Scott Cohen. And we understand we have some sleep training problems or issues maybe going on in the house. Yeah. My wife is against it. I think she should start sleep training because my daughter is going to be two in uh, January. So I feel like it's going to pay off in the long run because as she gets older, it's just going to go downhill from there. She's two years old or two months old? No, she'll be two years old in uh, January. So you haven't been sleeping for two years? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Sleep training. Yeah. What is it? What's, what is sleep training? Growing up, we just went to bed. Yeah. And nobody trained us. What, what is it? It's making parents happy so they can finally sleep through the night. No, it's the idea of a child sleeping through the night. Usually we start as early as four months of age, trying to get them to sleep a minimum of 10 hours a night without being picked up, without being fed. The reason the four month comes into play, 
Sorry, you're way behind here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the reason we say four months is because at, by that age, we know that any feedings in the middle of the night are more comfort than hunger. They nutritionally don't need it as long as they've been gaining weight and growing well. And developmentally, they can understand how to self-soothe. So the idea, you're right. And the, what makes it hard as a parent is there's a little bit of crying involved, no matter how you do it. But the idea is before four months, when a baby cries, you should fix it. They don't know why they're crying. Letting them cry, they're just going to keep crying. By four months, they can start learning, hey, when I cry and I don't get what I want, uh, maybe I should just go back to sleep. Sort of like you did on your own, yeah. which is amazing, uh, right? <laughs> so what do you, he, two, he's two years in. Right. Is this a lost it's cause? A lo yeah, you're done. You're, <laughs> until college, you're probably going to sleep together. And uh, no, I, you can definitely do it. But listen, we, you know, marital disputes over sleep training. This is like, I feel like a marital counselor. We had it when my wife and I did it at four months. My wife would tell all her friends, her friends would call her on how to sleep train because she heard me tell it so many times. So the second my daughter was four months, she's like, oh, we're going to do it. This is easy. No problem. First night, put the baby down. We're in bed. She starts screaming. I'm sitting there like pretending not to care. She's like looking at me, looking at me starts uttering some words I can't say out loud, tells me I'm horrible, goes and gets the baby, sleep training aborted, right? Because it, emotionally, it's really hard. We fought all the next day. We eventually came to terms that we we're going to do it. And then Aubrey's been a good sleeper since. At two years old, it's a little different because is she in a crib or is she in a bed? No, she's in a crib. In a crib. All right. So you, yeah, if she can still stay in the crib and it's high enough, and she hasn't tried to climb out. It's easier to sleep train in the crib, right? Baby jail is easier. And the idea is sort of the same. Do you have a nighttime routine? Around, do you have like a nighttime routine around a certain time where you put her to bed? You do like a story, yeah. you do teeth. She goes down at like eight o'clock. Yeah. Usually she falls asleep by nine. Okay. So I mean, luckily she's actually a good sleeper though. Yeah. Knock on wood. Like It's getting her down. She might wake up like once in the middle of the night and actually put herself down. For the most part, okay. it's great. So she gets about probably like 12 hours. She'll sleep oh. from like eight to eight. So, so wait, what's, what's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> My wife. No, no, no. So wait, is the problem is the problem getting her down or staying? Like I want to just place her in a crib yeah. and walk out. Got it's it. It's like I have to like hold her hand. It's just like I tried sleep training a little bit as far as like you let her cry for a couple minutes, go back in, rub her back go back out. But my wife doesn't like to hear the crying. Got it. So once she's down, she sleeps through the night. It's just getting her down. Exactly. Got it. And how long does the getting down routine take? It could take, I mean, sometimes it's cake. Like she'll go down like within the hour, but sometimes I think she might be overtired Yeah. and it could drag and she might not go down to like say 1030. Right. Because I mean, if it was a short, stint to get her to bed you know you read your story she wants you to hold her hand next to the crib and it takes 15 20 minutes i would just do it it just seems like the easy way out and then once she's down to bed she's sleeping through the night if it becomes because some toddlers they push it right it's hours of like mommy 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 daddy 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 and you're back and forth and back and forth then you can create limits you can set up your nighttime routine you know you do your bath you do your pajamas you're doing your your reading the story and then you can give a, a timeline in your head uh, you know i'm gonna sit here for x amount of time and hold her hand and then at that point daddy's gonna leave or mommy's gonna leave there's gonna be a little bit of crying and you can do one of two things you could say we're gonna see you in the morning and it's gonna be tough for a couple nights and she's gonna scream and i don't know that's it's 
emotionally very hard to do, but after a couple nights, that's going to be the end of it. Or you can sort of go back in at intervals and check on her, but you want to get in and out as quick as possible. Yeah. I Listen, I went through this uh, problem where uh, kids crying, you don't want to hear the crying. You go in, you pacify, you leave, and then maybe right. that becomes uh, you know, repetitive. What we did is we let the kid cry. Now, this kid, I'm like, okay, he's, he's going to be done in 20 minutes, 30, 40, 50. Kid went to an hour and 45 minutes straight of crying, but we went through that, and then the next night- A little less. little less. Yeah. little less. You told me, the kid's not in harm's way. Right. He's not hurt. She's not hurt, whatever you're dealing with. So it's okay for them to cry. It's just like, can you, as a parent, withstand that constant crying and and not go in there? Sounds like you can. Your wife can. Yeah, so I tell my wife, put on the earbuds. Like, just, you know, try to get the baby's cry out of your ear kind of thing. Because, And also, too, my wife, she's Portuguese. And her parents, they're like off the boat from portugal so they think a baby's crying she's hurt and i tell her it's like she's not hurt you know what i mean it's all trial and error she's our first daughter i was like you learn like when she's tired cry hungry cry you know just you learn as you go so i mean I'm still she, learning. she definitely can learn to self-soothe but the other side of it is you know if your wife feels more comfortable pacifying that's okay too and eventually this will get better and then you get to watch your your game in the other room, and she puts the bit, you know, puts her daughter to sleep. Where does your son get his stubbornness from? I can't imagine. I don't know. It's really I don't know where it's coming um, from. Man. I don't know where it's. From. By the way, does your shirt glow in the dark? <laughs> At night, it should reflect a little bit. I mean, I'm going to work later today, so. Uh, well, man, we really appreciate you calling in, man. Uh, any 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 other uh, issues you got uh, that you want to share? No, I'm all set. I mean, trust me, there's a boatload, but let's just stick with one. <laughs> all right, man. All right, I want yeah. your wife to call in later. I want, I want her side of the story. Yeah, your wife's on the call yeah. sheet in, in a couple hours. I don't right. know what she's going to be talking about. My guess is she says oh, he does nothing. He's in the other room sleeping. I'm trying to put my daughter to bed. It's a totally different story. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, Take hey, care, bro. Thanks. Talk to you later. Right, Bye. Yeah. Yeah, the whole sleeping thing is, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to hire a woman to stay in the room for four months with our kid. And Lana and I, you know, slept like babies. So uh, it, it, you were <laughs> you were down the street. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it worked. I mean, it 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 was the best money Sle- I've ever spent. Sleep training works. It works at four months. It works with two years old, two year olds. Um, but it's hard. It's emotionally very hard. And, you know, it may not be right for everybody. Everybody's got to make that decision. I find it is harder as they get older because when they can call your name, yeah. I mean, that pulls out your heart. Say, mommy, mommy, mommy. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Leslie uh, with some skin issues, gray hair, some, uh, some white patches on the child. Let's see what's going on with Leslie. That's it. That's hey, you. Leslie. We're up. Hi. What's going on? Wow, you got Good. done up for the whole thing, huh? You look great. Um, my name is Sebastian Mascalco. This is Dr. Scott Cohen, and we understand that we have some uh, skin issues, maybe some gray hair that you're concerned about. What's uh, what's going on? Yeah, okay, so I have a 14-year-old daughter, and since she was about 
I would say four or five years old, she started to get gray in her hair, like streaks. And I'm in Barcelona, Spain, and, you know, I had different kind of access to doctors. And so I just sort of overlooked this, but then she started to get like white patches, like around like her hairline and then the back of her hair too. And I finally, and I got to a doctor, sorry, my doctor, excuse me. And um, he, <laughs> the whole thing going on anyways. And so he gave he gave me some cream and that seemed to work. And he, and, and, and the, 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 the reason he said this happened was there was some stressful incident. And I thought, well, I, I didn't recall any stressful incident. I thought, okay. Anyways, the cream worked. And then this past summer, it's been a while, been a couple of years go by, you know, nothing really. Um, I'm not saying that the cream took the, the white away, but it prevented it from growing. Right. Then this past summer, she's, she's is a mark around her eye and she's 14. So that's that age, you know, where, you know, they don't want a mark around their eye. So I, I, I went to a doc, I tried to get into the a doctor here that I do like, but he's on holiday till the end of October. So wow. we're, the, we're the doctor substitute for holiday. This is good. <laughs> Thank what, God we started the show. Right. I know. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that, that could be. Uh, I know that my son who was three had some white patches on his face. And you had said that was due to dryness of the skin. You actually listened to the yeah, things I said. That's, see, uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, that was due to like post-inflammatory hypopigmentation. You got wow. that right. Did you learn no. that in school? Right. So it's the you know, areas of dry skin don't pigment as well in the summer and they leave these lighter patches. Yes. I think this is something different. I would, when you get a chance, I would see a doctor, probably have a dermatologist. Um, my first thought looking at that and hearing you describe it is something called vitiligo. Uh, vitiligo is an autoimmune disorder that affects the pigment in the skin and it can affect the pigment in the hair. It can show up in any age and you get these white patches. Um, you can get gray hairs as well. Do you have any autoimmune diseases in the family? Thyroid, inflammatory bowel disease, diabetes, hair loss? No, just like naming things. Nothing there. that I'm aware of. No. But you see, you got, I don't really know because my grandparents all immigrated from Europe into America. I'm, California, I'm from California originally. Yeah. So I don't know the whole family history, but the immediate family history, at least on my, you know, her side, my side, there's none of that. Got it. So, yeah, because vitiligo um, can show up at any age and it looks very similar, well demarcated areas of lighter skin and the cream they gave you was probably my guess is a steroid cream and steroid yeah. creams can help initially prevent spread and even decrease a little bit um but if it starts spreading or getting worse like you said in a 14 year old you know yeah. the concern is how it looks um there's other therapies something called uv light or phototherapy which actually helps with the melanization of the skin. You like that word? No, that was good. Um, I think I made that up. But um, no, it helps with the pigmentation of the skin. Um, and then usually if that's what they think it is, they can make a diagnosis. They put a light on the skin called a woods light and that area will glow blue um, if it fits vitiligo. And they'll do treatments. If that's, they also try topicals, like you said, they'll do treatments. Um, and they often actually, because autoimmune disease, specifically thyroid disease is so commonly common with it. Uh, they'll probably do some blood work just to make sure there's no thyroid issues. That's the typical, typical workup. 
Okay, so is this is this preventable? Is this going to spread? Is this going? Do we know or it's 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 really it's really variable, and that's the hard thing. Some kids it will go away and it will stay away forever. Sometimes they'll flare up and it will come back in different patches and different parts of the body. That's the hard part to know. Okay, but something that we can do something about, which is good if that's the case. But I would I would try to make an appointment with a dermatologist. Is it reversible? What has been gone white? Can it go back? The to- skin, yes. The color can get better. Um, the oh. question is, does it come back or in other areas as well? Gotcha. Uh, do you recommend oh. you recommend dyeing the hair at all? I don't know how much that's going to help because of the lack of melanin. I mean, I think that the, the light therapy and things like that will probably be longer term solutions. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, oh, okay. So yeah. this is this is prevent. Okay, that's good to know. that. That's good. So we don't know. All right. So you've answered all my questions. So basically, well, that's that. what it is. The show is designed to answer the questions. When, when doctors go on vacation, that's why we're here. I don't know what this guy's doing uh, on vacation till the end of October. Vac- this guy, I don't this get guy a vacation. Leaves the office. Um, it's and, unbelievable. And your guy left for a month and a half. Sorry. Oh yeah, because the whole month of August here is a holiday. But somehow wow, he must have gone on holiday after the holiday. But I can't get in until in, in, in the end of October. And that's the first appointment when he comes back. It's not like there's a wait. But, Jeez. Yeah. but if he, if he can take a month and a half off, you're in good hands. So because <laughs> no, he's probably very good that he can do that. So that's that's great. It's the culture over there. They I take know, the whole I month. Know. like Italy. They don't work. After this call, we're doing a siesta. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for calling in. I hope you got some answers today, and uh, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so so very much. Really appreciate You're very it. Thank welcome. you. You got it. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. So when when someone calls in and they have um, issues with skin or, mm-hmm. or gray hair, how do you? And you did it pretty well. Is it in your mind to quell the fears of the parent where this might? this could be treatable, this could be reversible. Do you make sure you tell them those things? Or, because I, mean, I hear tr- vitiligo right, as a parent, right, I go, that's right. it, my kid's going white. You know, like, right. how do you- No, you really try, because you know as a parent when anything happens, it's scary. So you want to know that there's solutions, that it's not a, you know, lifelong disaster, and there's there's things that we can do about it. Yeah. And again, there's other things this could be. So it's not 100% that it's what I'm saying. It's hard doing it over a conversation and not actually seeing the skin and, and doing those things. But um, I think they're in the right hands. Just go see a specialist. All right. This is a woman by the name of Michelle. Uh, she is dealing with some issues of uh, her kid passing out. So what's going on with Michelle. Let's bring her in. Hi. <laughs> What's hey, up, Michelle? Michelle? How's it going? Good, thanks. Hi, Dr. Cohen. Hi, Sebastian. Hi. Hi, hi. So we understand we have a uh, uh, boy, girl. What do you got over there? I have two boys. Two boys and one of, them, one of them's passing out? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a puker and I've got a redhead. So it was time to quit having kids. <laughs> yes. My older son, Scott... The first time Scott had his blood drawn, uh-huh. he was in the hospital. He was sick. And so he like almost passed out, threw up, and I didn't think anything of it because he was sick. So <laughs> the second time I took him in, he, same response. Like this was just routine blood work. And he, like within three minutes, he like got the bobblehead, 
pale as a ghost, threw up. So <laughs> now coming up, he needs routine blood work again. So what do I do with this guy? Whew. So is he passing out? Because adults pass out yeah. sometimes when they get uh, blood drawn. Is this something that just because... Uh, it's almost like muscle memory. Oh, I'm, I'm getting my blood drawn. I'm, I'm supposed to pass out. What's going on? In, 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 is this normal? Yeah. I mean, we see it because it's something called vasovagal syncope, which is probably the most common cause of passing out in children. And basically, a part of your neurologic system, um, system is on overdrive and it causes your blood pressure to drop and your heart rate to slow. And then you lose blood flow to the brain, not in a, like a long-term effect, but, and that's why you pass out and you can have a prodromal phase, right? You, like you said, vomiting, blurry vision, feel really sweaty, right. all the feelings like when you're about to pass out. Um, and it's really scary. And the weird thing is that people can have it at the sight of something, right? They could see blood. Some people do it when they're pushing too hard to poop. Some people on, wait, wait, you know, wait, get wait, scared. Wait, wait. Some where people are passing out on the toilet. Yeah, well, defecating, I'm pushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does this never happen to you? No. You never push not, so not hard. That, There's no, no problem with um, pushing. <laughs> but no, there can be a lot of different incidents. You could just get really scared by any type of thing, and that can cause you to pass out. The good news is that most people outgrow this. So it tends okay. not to be lifelong, huge percentage outgrow it. The hard part is there's not a good fix in the moment and he needs more blood work. So people have said you could try things like you tense up, you fold your legs, you tense your muscles. You're basically increasing your body's blood pressure to sort of balance out the drop in blood pressure. Um, behavioral techniques like distraction, you know, trying to think about other things so he's not looking at it, not right, seeing it. Right. Um, it's really difficult. And as a doctor, yes, I have patients who like when they get a shot or see a needle, so we try to hide it from them, you know, don't make things so obvious and are, we're ready just in case they do pass out. And the good news is if he does, you know, there's no lifelong issues. It's not going to affect the oxygen to the brain long term or affect intelligence or anything. And he's going to outgrow it. It's just a tough thing to deal with. Well, what I like about a doctor, because he's our he's our family pediatrician. When you go to get a shot at his office, uh, the, the woman comes in. It's not like she lays out the needles so the kids could see it. It's like, hey, what's going on? Oh, here's some stickers. Kids looking at stickers. And next thing you know, there's a shot given. She's gone. I go, what the hell just happened? And uh, it was done under like the cloak of darkness. Is is the is the your doctor coming in with, with a syringe going, okay, shot time. What what is it? No, well, here's well, this was my plan now. Um, well, I was gonna take him into the lab for his routine blood work, but now my husband has never experienced this because I've been there. So I put it on my husband's calendar a concierge phlebotomist to come to the house. I'm going to have my husband come home and he can deal with it this time. And then I'll leave. I think that actually in the medical books, one of the treatments is pass the buck. <laughs> I think is, uh, I read that somewhere. Yeah, Fabulous. I think I've got it down. I think this will be a good plan. But yeah, I really do. I hope he outgrows this because I mean, thank goodness. And it's not the shot itself. I mean, he's fine with vaccines. I think it's just this idea of losing blood. Yeah. 
it's it's and some people just write seeing blood or losing blood just the thought of it i know breathe you should i mean sebastian doesn't even know the number of shots we've given him in our office without him even knowing i just walk in and trip a little and that's it it's done (laughs) i bet you he outgrows it and it gets better good i'm hoping so well thank you it's good to hear that he will outgrow it and it's not dangerous (laughs) yes just scary as a parent very scary scary. and the child very scary yeah but thank you so much for calling thank you so much is this calling what is this called zooming 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 Zooming. sorry zoom Zoom out (laughs) take care bye yeah no it's gonna be frightening kid passing out and uh in the uh in the doctor's office thank god he's in the doctor's office and the doctor could attend have you ever had kids pass out yeah it's scary we had you know one of the other common causes of passing out in kids is a breath holding spells did either one of your kids have breath holding spells? No. So breath holding, you would think they hold their breath and pass out, but usually what happens is they're crying and they get stuck in the cry, like, and they don't take the deep breath in and your body's like reboot, control, delete is to pass out. And then your body takes over and you breathe normally. Okay. As long as we're on the topic of passing out, kid does pass out. Yeah. You're at home with yes. the kid. What do we do? Lay him, obviously lay him down. Good to put their feet up. So basically you're bringing blood flow to the head and to the brain. Um, make sure they're comfortable. If there's any secretions or things, you turn them on their side a little bit. But usually it's just staying calm and they're gonna be breathing. As soon as they pass out, yeah. their body again reboots and they're breathing normally. And you just gotta get oxygen back in and blood flow back into the brain. Gotcha, yeah. no CPR, none of that stuff. Not if they're breathing well. I gotcha. Yeah, I like that you go right to that. Compressions. Oh yeah, I'm a clear it's good to know it's good to know but if they're breathing and their heart's going fine it's just their color comes back all right so uh that's today's show um most interesting thing i found out about today was the woman in barcelona who um had to wait a month and a half to get in to see a doctor uh i just thought that was unbelievable because of the access I have that you have to me on speed dial. I know. <laughs> Do you think I enjoy that access? No, That's see, the question. see I, I know you don't. And every time that something happens with our kids, I know it's like we wait to the last possible minute to even bother you. I mean, just so you know, on vacations, people, this guy, this guy's been on vacation has taken time out of his vacation to say, Hey, I was in Barcelona with the other me. doctor. Your kids are fine. But uh, it's just interesting what, what we, we heard in the, from the woman of Barcelona. Yeah, and we covered a lot of topics. What? Pooping, bedwetting. I mean, typical Friday night. Do you want to be on daddy versus doctor? This is your chance. Email us at daddyversusdoctor at gmail.com with your issue, your complaint, your behavioral problem, anything with your kid and what you're dealing with at home. You're going to have a chance to talk to myself and Dr. Scott Cohen. We'll see you next week, where we're going to have a lot more fun with people, parents, and their kids. Take care. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.